just can't resist pointing out, uh, obviously the second graders are helping us today and they will also help us read the prayers of the faithful. So at any mass, there are many objects and implements that allow us to celebrate the liturgy in a very holy and effective way. There's a special object at this mass that I just have to show you since most of you can't see it. And I mean this in all sincerity. In its own way, in its own way, this as much as the chalice will make the body of Christ present in this room. And we need to remember that. And we're honored by its presence. But I want you to think for a minute about boundaries. Think about some of the boundaries in your life. And whatever immediately comes to mind, I know we use that word in a lot of different ways, but think about maybe boundaries in your family, boundaries in the workplace, boundaries in the neighborhood you live in now, or maybe the one you grew up in, boundaries in our larger society, certainly boundaries in our church, boundaries. Any fans here of Robert Frost, right? Remember that line, good fences make good neighbors. Boundaries serve lots of different purposes. But I'd like to suggest they're both a blessing and a curse. Because if you bother to put up a boundary, if you bother to construct a wall or a fence or dig a ditch, or even just emotionally to have a boundary, then by definition, you care about who or what is on either side. You care about the people on this side and the people on that side. The property on this side and the property on that side. And if you care about property, that means somehow you care about the people who are associated with it. And so it's good every now and then, as a little gut check, just to take stock of where are the boundaries in my life. John the Baptist is all about boundaries in a sense. Get this extraordinary scene, we meet him every year in the second Sunday of Advent. But who is this guy? Well, he comes out of the boundary land, he comes out of the desert, and then he sets up shop just outside the boundary of Jerusalem. He's preaching about a boundary. He's talking about the difference between sin and repentance, what it means to be separated from the people of God and what it means to be embraced as a member of it. But think for a minute that you're a citizen of Jerusalem. You've got to decide, am I going to show up or not? John's only there on Saturday mornings from 11 to noon. Am I going to go see him or not? And yet we're told lots of people are coming out to see him with hyperbolic language, all of Judea, the gospel writers say. But certainly there were plenty who decided not to go out there. Because why? Well, maybe they were busy, but maybe they also knew that John was challenging, right? He calls some of them broods of vipers. His message in general could be a little bit unsettling, ultimately with a good purpose. But there's a boundary there, and as with any boundary, you have to decide how you're going to react to it. Do you want to transcend it? Do you want to go through it? Do you want to burrow under it? Or do you want to say, hey, that boundary is just fine, thank you very much. You stay on your side, and I'll stay on mine. And I'm mentioning this business about making a choice in the presence of a boundary, because that's where the word crisis comes from. Crisis, Greek word. It literally is related to the act of making a choice. 
in the presence of something where you have to make a choice, that originally meant a crisis. Now, is it interesting, if that's its root meaning, how colloquially, colloquially it's come to mean anxiety, right? Unsure, confusion, I'm in a crisis. We can sort of understand that. I've got these options in front of me and I don't want to screw it up. Or I've got these options in front of me and if I make this choice, I know I'm going to have to expose some vulnerability. I'm going to take a risk. I don't know how I'll be received on the other side. And the Christian spiritual life is always about making those choices, discerning choices. And I'm not simply here talking about doing right or wrong or should I follow the Ten Commandments. Yeah, we should always do that. But I mean moving into relationships, encountering the other. Because as soon as you peer over a fence, you're peering into the world of the other, whomever that might be. And there's lots of reasons, lots of interior voices at times that say, I don't want to go there. How will I be received? What if they come over to my side? I better build the fence a little bit higher whether that's literally with barbed wire or if that's just another layer over my heart. We all know what that feels like at times. So maybe just an invitation, a little spiritual exercise as we move into this second week of Lent is to ask yourself with brutal honesty, I promise to do the same, where are the boundaries in my life and how am I reacting to them? Because I guarantee you, God is going to be on either side of the fence, whichever one you pick. And if it's the scary choice, if it's the one that exposes us to a risk we don't want to be exposed to, I guarantee you God is there. And if it's a place we decide to stay because it's comfortable and safe, I guarantee you God is there. But in either of those encounters with the Lord, there's always going to be a challenging invitation. Come to me more deeply. Come to me more fully. Come to me in a way that you invest yourself more than you ever thought you would, both on the scary side of the fence and on the safe side of the fence. Because there's only one side of the fence as far as God is concerned. Our RCIA folks are going to be considering priesthood this morning. In some sense, a priest is a boundary walker, right? He's doing his job right. He's got one foot on each side of the boundary, the fence. I wish I could say I'm always that kind of a guide. I know better. But that's what the sacramentality is meant to lead us into. Every sacrament does that. When you put out your hand to receive the body of Christ, what you're saying is there's a boundary here. And Lord, I want to cross over it. I literally want to take you into the palm of my hand. There ain't no fences separating that. So our little homework from the GROW team this week is identify a practical habit you can start this week to actively choose God's grace every day. Choose God's grace. Okay, that's nice, but it's also pretty broad. Maybe look for a boundary that you'd rather not look at and choose simply as an act of will. I want to go up to it. I want to peer over the top of it. And maybe, if so called, I want to try and walk through it. You won't walk that journey alone. John called all of Jerusalem to cross a boundary that was very localized in time and place. Jesus calls us to cross every boundary that's for everywhere and for always. And so at this time now, I'd like to invite forward our RCIA candidates and catechumens. 
As they go forth from here, they remind us of a boundary longing to be crossed. Maybe they wonder what happens on our side of the fence when they leave. It's when the champagne comes out, right? They don't know what they're missing. But in a very serious and profound way, I think they invite us to think about what is it that happens here moving forward. Friends, you have responded to God's call to follow the ways of goodness and truth. We support you on your journey of faith, and we pray that you will be formed in discipleship as these coming months unfold. As you are dismissed from this holy place, we pray that your deliberations on the word of God we have shared today will bear much fruit. Remember that we anxiously look forward to the day you will join us fully at this table. Go in peace.